You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast Detroit Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 262. No. The no. 280. 282. 282, sorry. 282. We are broadcasting from Midtown Detroit. That's right. We are back. We have made it full circle to Detroit. We came from the Russell Industrial. Thanks to Bob and Dave. Went out to Royal Oak and Nice Pastures. And then came back to even someplace even nicer, the Detroit Shipping Company and broadcasting live from Midtown. Exactly. That's pretty exciting. Um, Lots of stuff going on outside. So we want to thank Bob and Dave for everything they've done so far. Jimmy? Have some important announcements well, before ab- we get going? Absolutely. Besides being in a new studio, we also have a new sponsor, Audible. Uh, Audible is the audiobook giant. Being a fan of this show and our network, we are offering you a limited time offer. You can start a 30-day trial right now and get your first audiobook for free by going to audible.com slash Detroit, or you can text Detroit to 500-500. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. You can download Audible apps for your iPhone, iPad, Android, and Windows phones for listening on the go. Audible has countless books on boxing, <clears throat> excuse me, and MMA. One such book is called The Boxing Kings. The Boxing Kings tells the story of the heavyweight title in the days when it was a defining institution in the United States. Author Paul Betson placed a special emphasis on those champions who held a central place in American culture beyond just in the boxing ring, including John L. Sullivan, who made the title a commercial property, Jack Johnson, who in 1908 became the first black man to claim the title, Joe Lewis, whose contributions to racial tolerance and social progress transcended even his greatest greatness in the ring, Rocky Marciano, who became an embodiment of the American dream, Muhammad Ali, who took on the U.S. government and revolutionized professional sports with his showmanship, and Mike Tyson, a heart-punching student of boxing history who exemplified the modern celebrity. If you want to listen to this or any of the countless books you can find on Audible, remember, you can start a 30-day trial and get your first audiobook for free by going to audible.com slash Detroit or just text Detroit to 500-500. Don't miss out on this great opportunity and sign up today. Awesome. You hit puberty the, mid. I, 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 <laughs> had re- son. I had rehearsal last night for Hamlet, and we did a lot of, we were rehearsing this one scene, and in the scene I scream a lot. <clears throat> so my voice has been a little raspy all day, and I thought I had it until I started speaking, and then it just, it hit me right at the same time. By the way, I forgot to change the camera angle, so during that entire thing, we got a nice, big, fat close-up of you, Brad. Oh, crap, man. <laughs> Sorry. There's so many cameras in here, you cannot, 
Yeah. We almost got to redesign what we do on the show. There's a lot of people watching. Well, no, there's the only cameras that are actually running are the cameras we always run. All right, cool. They're, the ones that are actually built in the studio, there's no way we can incorporate them into our, our show. All right. So it's the same amount of cameras. It's just we're angled at different. It's a smaller space, so I have to figure out, like, angling the cameras and stuff. You sounded so, like Peter from Brady Bunch. <laughs> exactly. When he hits puberty. To change? Yeah, and he has a crush on his sister, Marsha, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, kind of weird. Like, wait, what? Is, what? From Brady Bunch. Oh, for the Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. I was like, wait. <laughs> well, so sometimes things align and, you know, we, we kind of knew that Claire was coming in and she was bringing some guests. And then sometimes. Some of us knew. Well, Surprise. and Surprise, I'm here. Uh, and then something happens in the world of sports and it aligns perfectly with uh, what's going on in the world. So a couple of events have happened that we are going to touch base on. First off, if you're unfamiliar with the Undercard show, I want to welcome you. We're a pro boxing MMA show. Not only do we do that, we dive into some pop culture occasionally. We are broadcast live on the Podcast Detroit Studio uh, website. Network. Network, yep. apps, iTunes, we're everywhere. So anyways, we are going to have a couple subjects um, going forward, and we're going to wait for Cody to jump in probably for the one. But uh, steroids was brought up again. Uh, a couple reasons. One, Barry Bonds' number was retired by the uh, San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Willie Mays says he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He admitted to using performance-enhancing drugs. And we just had the Baseball Hall of Fame recently – in which the people that have used performance-enhancing drugs have not been able to get in. I'll give a take on that later and all that good stuff. But Mia St. John went on record to say that she was on performance-enhancing drugs for 20 of her female fights. Mia St. John, who at the time was one of the biggest women boxing stars of all time, said she used it. She said everyone was using it. Now, she just appeared on Michael Woods' show um, which Michael Woods is a friend of our show, and he has the best boxing podcast in the world. You know, like I, I, I relinquish that crown. He is amazing. Uh, she was just on there, and she wanted to clarify what she meant by every boxer was on it. I have not had a chance to listen to that. I can only go off the article I read about her saying she was going to take performance-enhancing drugs. So if you're at all interested in the performance-enhancing drug industry and the fight game, We'll be talking about that. Not only are we going to cover that, uh, uh, I was surprised, Jimmy. Someone sent me uh, a video clip of a guy who claimed to fix boxing fights all the way up to like the McNeely Tyson fight. Really? Uh, I've been hunting him down, working on getting him on in here. Due to statute of limitations, he cannot be prosecuted anymore. He has done video interviews. There's not much we could offer to him. Except that he says that boxing is still corrupt. They're still judging that is questionable. Um, well, I mean, I would say not the local shows. I will no. stop right there because there is no gambling on local shows. But anywhere that there is money, I don't know, the Matisse fight, where Matisse's never taken a knee, and all of a sudden, uh, Manny Pacquiao, who hasn't had power in 10 years, is able to get Matisse to take a knee. <laughs> right. There was a <laughs> lot. You know how much little money was riding on Pacquiao to knock him out? Yeah. Where was all the money? On decision or Matisse knocking yeah. him out or Matisse by decision? So yeah. that's when you start to think eh, we are in still a weird sport, you know? Just a lot of things can go wrong and 
We got to always remember that as we talk boxing. Well, and I mean, not only that, but uh, what is it? Um, I don't know in the in the boxing world, but I know in the football world, like any given Sunday, anything can happen. Same thing in the boxing world. I mean, yeah, Pacquiao should not have done what he did, but it doesn't mean that it's out of the realm of possibility that he actually did what he did. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird things happen. Somebody's sick. Somebody's not feeling well. Somebody's just not right in the headspace. They didn't, you know, they, they thought they prepared for one way. The, the fighter changes up. They're not prepared for that. They just, there's just weird things that can happen. So I don't, I mean, that guy that, that reached out to you said he fixes, uh, no, no, we're reaching out to him. No, we're reaching out to him. It <laughs> right. says he fixes, uh, boxing matches. I he hasn't done it in a long time. I know, but I mean, what proof does he have? Does he oh, have he has, proof? He has a ton of proof. He has a ton of proof. Oh, yeah. I've uh, seen the guy on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, a ton of stuff. It's actually very interesting. Right. Yeah. He Down to the McNeely yeah. fight yeah. of well, how McNeely got right. there with Tyson and how the his manager jumped in. I, I, I have a feeling for sure we'll have him on the show. I would say we it's need just to get him on the bit. show even if we need to like just buy him beer from outside. I mean... I don't well, know. <laughs> I, I like to think that I ask tough questions, and I, I think maybe that might be a hindrance because maybe there's some stuff that I know behind the the scenes that I would ask him that hasn't come out. The, or are you, is he afraid that you're going to ask him questions that he can't answer and it's going to make him look like he's been lying? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I, I look at this guy, and I can't know with 100%. But I look at this guy and say maybe 80%, I believe him, 90%. No one gets the full 100. Right. And so 80-90 in this game, that's that's just, pretty solid. And Claire's seen him, and we'll, we'll talk to Claire yeah. about it a little bit. But um, I just don't believe anybody. So it's just flat, there you go. flat then, across the board. Then, flat then, across the know, board, I just don't believe you. But you do bring up a good point, and, and this point can uh, be said. You know, maybe Matisse, every boxer thinks they have one more fight. Maybe Matisse... And it goes quick. Look at look at Sergey Kovalov. Right. Sergey Kovalov uh, <laughs> was my uh, top pound for pound with Andre Ward, and just got knocked out by Alvarez. And not mm. only knocked out, devastatingly knocked yes. out. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is the end for him, and maybe it goes quick. Uh, he's only thirty five. Right. So I do i I enter the Matisse thing with skepticism. But here is a guy that had a lot of heart, was able to trade with Provetnikov, and was on a knee. And I'm not doubting that Manny hit him with a body shot, but that one I'm more skeptical. Kovalov, I could I could see yeah. his body was failing yeah. him, but he was trying yeah. to get up. Yeah. But then you bring into this, Jimmy, how many refs have so much control, right? Yes. We have a boxer in here, right? And we're going to introduce her in a second. But imagine I'm the ref, right? Right. And I know where the money's laying. Yeah. She has a little cut. Mm-hmm. How many times do we see man, uh, refs? That allow a fighter to continue with cuts, mm-hmm. but then how many times do we see a ref that uh, stops it, mm-hmm. maybe a little prematurely, or is anti-cuts? Look at how much control a ref would have, or how easy it would oh, yeah. be for a judge. Oh yeah, to possibly influence. Oh, oh yeah, millions I and mean, millions of dollars. I mean, it, I, I the judge maybe a little bit less, but I mean a ref. I mean, all it takes is just the ref to say, "I didn't think they could continue." Right, right. That's all they have to do is say, I didn't think they can continue. I called the fight. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, people might question them, but 
unless it's been a proven fact that they are cheating or they're, right. you know, whatever, they're going to let them do it. You and know? I've been ringside and not in this state, so I don't want conspiracy theories, but I've been in other states <laughs> dun, dun, dun. ringside <laughs> right, where they're in the corner. They get knocked down. Yeah. It's a flash knockdown. They right. appear to have their gate and everything. Yep. They they hand them the gloves to wipe the gloves yep. off. They say, do you know where you are? Yes. Yep. Do you want to continue to yep. fight? Yes. And then all of a sudden. Nope. Yeah. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like, I, I just heard the two answers yeah. and oh, well, I saw something you, in his eyes or, or something. Do, do I mean, you know what you see in the eyes? No, I do. I'm asking you. Yeah, I know. You see, a, you see a blown pupil or you also see what's called a tick. Right. Which is the, the eyes just start doing this little like tick tock kind of thing. And that is a clear indication of a concussion. Right. But I'm saying now there's also examples of maybe where I the fighter eyes. right you know where the fighter is confused yeah. by it so. no I, I and i get that but sometimes the ref really does see it in the eyes no you know i know what I'm yeah i'm just but i know what, i know what you're saying there's I know a lot saying. of factors there's a lot of factors and yes the refs refs are by and by and large the biggest factor on who wins or loses a fight. If, unless, you know, it's a clear cut knockout or a clear cut, you know, whatever. Right. I mean, a ref can stop it at any moment. At right. any moment, the ref can stop Next it. would be judges because you're, you're betting be on judges. unanimous yes. decision. Yep. Right. In Vegas, it's yep. like pack out for unanimous decision. Yep. All you got to have is a, a bad Jimmy Pache night in which you give them a majority decision and you see something totally. Why do you use my name. Because I was just why are you using out. my name? Said so you trust nobody, so you're going to take the right. money under the table. Right. So I don't even trust myself. I mean, you don't get it. <laughs> so you know, there's then you have judges, yeah, and then you have their cornermen, which oh yeah, uh, what he talks about with the McNeely Tyson fight. If we do have him on, yeah, is that maybe McNeely didn't know as much as his cornerman did. His cornerman jumped in perfectly. The so he had to be out by 90 seconds. He jumped in at 89 seconds to stop the fight. Against Mike Tyson. Mm. So who knows? Mm -hmm. But I am honored once again <laughs> to have Claire Burke in studios. She gets to smell the new studio smell. It's and great. I know it smells like a new car, kind of. She says plastic. I just love it. I think it's edgy. I think it's fun. You got people coming up to the window and waving and <laughs> I know. everything else. That's right? distracting. So I have to look the other way. You know? <laughs> look on to what street is that? I don't know. I have to look on the other street, Peterborough. <laughs> uh, but you brought some people. Introduce the people you I brought did. with you. I brought Jess Brown, and she's an amateur boxer, up and coming. She's amazing, and I'm going to let her trainer tell you all about stuff with, <laughs> going on with Jess, some cool stuff. And I got a Kia Miller. And um, so he's uh, trained, and he trains out of jabs, and he works with the U of M boxing team, correct? And stuff like you, that. So you can speak into the mic. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's He's like, I was like, oh, <laughs> Are uh, you waiting for her permission? Was that it? No, I don't know. No, I'm, okay. I'm not thing. Thing. Oh, I so, But um, a, he's been working with her. He met her at U of M. So she's like a one of those athletic people that's like great at everything. So you're like number one in the world for equestrian or something. Um, yeah, or yeah. Yeah. I no, mean like no. everything she does is like amazing. And then you were on the wrestling team, right? Uh, club wrestling for a bit. And you, uh, how'd you do with that? Um, I never competed, never competed, but I did jujitsu for about three years and, uh, competed there, got a national title. Um, of course, yeah, no biggie. Yeah, right. you know, she's just one of those people that just ended yeah, you know, yeah. And then she started boxing at U of M. Yep, started wow. boxing in October and uh, met my coach Kia through there and uh, fell in love with the sport. So, how old were you when you started equestrian? 
Oh, gosh, probably 12 or 13. And then how old were you when you started wrestling? Uh, Well, more jiu-jitsu, but more jiu-jitsu. 18. And then how old were you when you started <laughs> boxing? Uh, I was uh, 21. Jeez, yeah. oh, <laughs> I mean, just yet. one to the next, next to the next. Yeah, exactly. What's next? Right. Maybe um, she'll be the new the, the next Ronda. It could to be. Go into MMA, be the next no. round up. She be started off her. with jujitsu. I mean, her you know. coach is like, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got a boxing. I'm just saying, after <laughs> after she's got you know all after five belts, belts and yeah. yeah, you know, right. I mean, what two three years? WWE. Yeah, right. like two three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But how long was it after you started boxing that you went to Golden Gloves? Uh, Golden Gloves was April. I started boxing in October. Right. So um, just yeah, my first fight was two weeks after I started boxing. And how'd you do? I won. Yeah, yeah. So one gold yep. glo- their fight, and how'd you do in Golden Gloves? I uh, won Golden Gloves. Yeah, gold wow, gloves. pretty cool, right? Yeah. I think I would have to train for like <laughs> ten She's years boring. before I could even step God. into the ring. I don't know if we can I hang mean, out with her. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, no, I just geez. love to fight. Even in high school, I I played basketball all through high school, I she and meant, like beating people up. Yeah. Were you <laughs> like whoa, whoa, whoa? Were you, were you no, like national no. champs in high school? Um, I mean, no, but my fifth grade basketball team were national champs. Okay. Great. <laughs> no, but wow. I think I set the unofficial school record for the most technical fouls in basketball. Oh, so you wow. played rough. You were like yeah. Bill Lambert. Yeah, I was gonna say she was like Bill Lambert. Yeah. Wait, she's too young to know who Bill Lambert is. We gotta give her yeah, like an bad boys. Right. Oh, man. Bad boys trade fist. Dirty player. Like oh, Carl Malone. Uh, nope. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're like, what? Who's, who's a dirty player now? I don't even know. Uh, I've not watched pro. Anybody who flops? I don't even think he plays <laughs> anywhere. I don't know. I know. Who's the guy with all the tattoos that they always say he's like really innovative? And I'm like, no. Remember the guy who dressed like a woman? Dennis, Dennis Rodman. 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 And I'm yeah. like, no, no, you're not even close to Dennis Rodman. No. Unless you show up at a, for a game in a wedding dress. Yeah, exactly. You don't have, yeah. You're like old no. news. I can't well, and then you got to be the ambassador to North Korea. You know, right. Yeah, oh, right. exactly. <laughs> That's right. The only one allowed there. Jeez, oh, I forgot about that. Well, you come across, so this question's for Jess. You come across yeah. very passive and very nice, which is good. Uh, so you and your coach, when it, when it's time to throw down, what, what changes, what clicks? Because there, you, you can't be this nice in the ring. <laughs> no, no. I like in training, I like to have fun in there, you know, keep it light. He laughs at me all the time. He'll tell you. At you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. But come fight time or hard sparring day, just, I don't know, go to a different place mentally. Just kind of switch off, focus on the, on each round. Um, and. He gives good pep talks. That helps. <laughs> nice. So what do you yeah. see in Jess as a coach that you see a heart of a champion? Because I, I, I do believe that a coach to take on somebody has to see something there. Not necessarily a champion, but somebody that has a strong heart. What do you see in Jess that makes you want to give your time? Because let's be honest, coaches give more than they'll ever receive. Yeah. Jess is very passionate about whatever she does. Like even in training, it's she's so passionate to the point so she don't know how to turn it off. <laughs> like she'll just keep going and going and going, which is good, but at the same time it's like, okay, let me scale her back. So it's just she's very passionate about everything. That's the one thing I noticed about her. And she's not afraid of hard work. I've met so many fighters in my short period of time doing this who wants to act like they're working hard but don't want to put the effort in. And that's something you can't buy from somebody. It's almost like you can't buy heart. You can't get nobody heart. You can get it or you don't. So so how long have you been doing this? I've been coaching for about five years now. Okay. I've been coaching five years. I fought for about three years, amateur. 
kept getting hurt, couldn't continue. So my coach, Greg Carson, took me under his wing and, teach, and taught me how to be a coach. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Coaching more rewarding than fighting. Uh, with Jess, it is. With Jess, it is. I still like to get in there sometimes, but you know, other than that, yeah, it's it's very rewarding because you get to really get to know the fighters as people, right? You know, it's more to it than just okay, you the fighter go out there. You know, when you get to get to know somebody, it's like you building a friendship with them. Now, this is your serious question for the day. I give everyone a serious one, Uh right? Everyone, (laughs) the old adage away from boxing is a girl can't hit, but I know as a trainer, she's missed a pad once. And it has clocked you. So you're here on record. Can women hit? And how hard does Jess hit? Yes, women can hit very hard. And Jess hits hard enough that she didn't messed up herself hitting somebody before. You know, she messed her hand up about a good two months hitting somebody. So Jess can hit. I have a um, funny story. I ain't going to say who it was. But we had a young guy coming to the gym. You know, he's like, I want to get some work in. I'm like, well, I ain't got nobody your size. But you get in there with her. And he was like. I'm like, well, you ain't got to try to knock her out, but you can box with her. You know, just make her work. He got in there playing around. And I looked at him like, well, jump on him. Got that boy in the ropes. He wanted to get out that ring. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, man, you didn't know she could fight like that. <laughs> if I'm trying, you think I'm going to just have her in there doing anything? Like, no. <laughs> so, yes, women can hit hard. She's done hit me a couple of times. We wanted to hit her back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I won't, I won't divulge names, but there's a trainer that I know that doesn't wear a chest pad, right? And, you know, he, he's working with a guy that I know has a lot of power. Like, I'm like, I've seen this guy just trail people. So he's like, you know, one, two, one, two, two. And then, and then swooping the pad underneath to do a right, you know, right yeah, hook to the body. Yeah. And I go, watch, he's going to miss that pad one time. And he did. And that trainer went down. Like, I was just like. I was just like, oh. that's why you wear the chest protector. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, because, uh, you know, I'm sure Jess has missed one occasionally. And, you know, it, it happens in training. On, on Total accident. She's not yeah. so friendly. Exactly. It's always on those hard days when she misses on accident. <laughs> now, Jess, tell us a little bit about the U of M boxing program because uh, people think football Maybe Mm -hmm. basketball, good education, but boxing. Right. So I'm actually still kind of new to it. Um, I joined as a senior um, tryouts in September and was on the team through uh, both semesters. But um, the women's team is actually five-time running national champs uh, for, like, team points. And the men's team won last year. Um, But, no, it's a great program. It was started um, as a club a probably like 10, 10 or so years ago. And a lot of the the coaches that help out were former members of the team. And then we have uh, coaches like Keo and another coach, uh, Eric McGuire, out in uh, A-squared. Great He guy. helps out. Yeah, mm-hmm. love him. Um, and the head coach also boxed for Michigan. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot of tradition there. Um, the team is – it's a great atmosphere. You know, everybody's trying to get through academics at Michigan first, and then we get to take all the frustration out on each other in the <laughs> ring. So <laughs> so what year are you in right now? I actually graduated in April. So, Okay. And then you told me when I first met you that you are going to try for the Olympics first. Yep. Is that still the dream? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the goal. That's all not right. the dream. That's the goal. All right. All right. So thank you. When for clarifying that, when is the next Olympics? You probably know. Twenty twenty, and that July is in the United in States, right? Tokyo. Oh no, yeah. when's Tokyo. okay, Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. LA is twenty twenty four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe both, or maybe pro. Uh, 
Benjamin's call. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once once I get there, when so a the little, dead presidents start back. calling, yeah. you know, everything changes. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Congratulations. Well, <laughs> well, it so you're watching Clarissa Shields mm-hmm. right now uh, evolve. Mm-hmm. There are some problems with the marketing. I'll tell tell yeah. people. Yeah. And um. But I do see a future for women's boxing. Oh, for sure. Um, it's just that the marketing hasn't found its place yet. It's not that Mark Taffet and it's not that Salita Promotions isn't trying. Mm-hmm. It's just that just like when Dana White said no girls would ever fight for UFC, there is this little like grayness out there that some people have a hard time watching girls hit other girls. Mm-hmm. And how do you express that to <laughs> a boxing fan. <laughs> right. He might not. He I've been around it enough that he eggs them on. Right. They're harder. They're harder. <laughs> what would you say to that um, about, you know, th- that I don't know. It, it's just, it's a unwritten, I don't know. No one has the courage to say it, but I will tell you behind closed doors, I have heard people say that I have a tough time watching women fight women. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? Uh, that's a that's a tough thing because I've been in I mean before boxing I was in jiu-jitsu and other combat sports just grappling but um, you know women women are fighters and mm-hmm. I said it in jiu-jitsu boxing I'm kind of thinking the same thing 10 times out of 10 I'd rather fight a guy than a girl mm-hmm. girls fight hard they're aggressive they we have, we fight because we have something to prove mm-hmm. you know you say we can't hit hard. I'm going to hit pretty hard. I didn't say that. I said there's out there. A perception. Right. The perception. I, I, I have no question that you could probably knock me and Jimmy out outside out there. Right. Oh, just uh, look at me and I'm down. Oh, I, mean, exactly. yeah. uh, I would just pretend no. to be down. Yeah. <laughs> don't hit me. Don't hit me. I surrender. I would. I would. Gosh. No, but you see the same thing in uh, like the WNBA. Marketing mm-hmm. just isn't there. Um, the, the women players, they want to get paid on a similar level as the men but it, it's difficult when you don't have the same amount of fans the same audience the same like ticket sales right um, it's hard boxing is a little different because like on the card you could have another like big fight with the guys and get a lot of tickets get a lot of viewers but i think there is a a very large like potential for women's boxing and marketing that better but like you said i i don't think anybody's really found that yet. Right. Now, Claire, you're stepping into women's boxing. You've already been involved with other boxers and stuff, but you're the one that introduced me to Jess. I was immediately impressed with how well-spoken she was, her goals. Um, what do you think's missing in women's boxing marketing? Because I'll be honest, we've, we've seen it now two years here in Detroit. It hasn't caught on attendance-wise the way they want. Good viewership numbers, Showtime says. Is it Shields? Is it the product? What, what do you think it is? Um, here in Detroit, mm-hmm. or worldwide too. Okay. I mean, hand- well, I think I think it's not marketed correctly. I think no one really promotes it. I think with women's boxing because there's such a small number. Now I'm not, and I want to clarify this. I'm not saying there should be a league, but I've started looking at women's boxing just over the last 30 days, and I've started breaking everything down, going through box rack, pulling all the fighters, seeing who's still active. It's reaching out, you know, through Facebook, social media, things like that, and kind of putting together like. Who wants to fight? And I couldn't believe it, but I put one post out there, and I'm not exaggerating. I have over 200. I have 211 female 
I don't even like to say women's boxing. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. so separated. So I always what I what I'm learning to say is I'm teaching myself to say the women's division and right. the men's division. So I'm no longer going to say women's boxing and men's mm-hmm. boxing. It's just to me, it's boxing and it's just different divisions. So I've kind of like went through and, you know, um, kind of put it like almost as if I was going to have a league and said, okay, if this person fought this mm-hmm. person, then that person fought this person, then that. And I've got a little bit of, I don't want to say power, maybe leeway to do that or a way to do that because of the ABF. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I could offer title belts to women. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Like no one's really – no one's focusing on that. So when you tell some you know, some fighters that are you know, 14 and 0 that, hey, would you like to fight for a regional title? They're like, about time someone asked us to do something. Right. And I'm focusing on – this is my plan mm-hmm. – to bring women's boxing where I think it deserves to be is I'm focusing on Texas and New Mexico right now. Okay. Because in Texas, you've got – it's really close to Mexico. And there's tons of Mexican female fighters, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, a ton. And those girls can fight. So um, I don't know if you know who Roberto Tapia is. I don't know. Robert Tapia. He's uh, Johnny Tapia's family. Okay. Remember Johnny Tapia? And they've come on board with me and they've been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they're amazing. I mean, amazing. And they're like, we are completely on board with the plan. We're kind of talking about that. We're talking about some differences in – Female boxing versus, you know, the female division versus the males division. Mm-hmm. Taking a look at that. And some people told me I was crazy. Like, you can't just change it. I'm like, well, I know I can't just change it. But <laughs> right. I mean, well, but we can suggest it. But I th- but I, I don't know that anyone's ever tried. Billie right. Jean King uh, did it in tennis. Mm-hmm. There was uh, they were having a hard time getting paid the same as uh, the men. So her and uh, some other female tennis players started their own league, their own division. And it took off. Right. So, I mean, you know, I'm not really, you know what I mean? I'm not suggesting another sport or a league, but that's how I've kind of started breaking down all the fighters. And it's, I mean, it's a lot of work. Right. I probably work on it about 20 hours a week. Right. It's a lot. Now, do you want to ultimately make like an all uh, women's division card? Like, is that what you're trying to build up to or like? I actually have a um, women's division card in New Mexico in November. Oh, Oh, cool. All right. But we fly first class, and we so. we have yeah. high demands at hotels. Look, so. I need virgin mimosas. I need regular mimosas. His per diem's need, out the roof, and, though. It's like and I need all the brown M and M's taken out of the bag. Just, I mean, right. that that's my rider. You pick out all the red skittles. Three, I hate red skittles. Three hundred dollars in per diem and singles for the strippers. <laughs> right, at, right at the clubs at night. Yeah. Right. Well, the losers are the strippers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, save on the dollars. Well, you, I was gonna say, you know, if I had a three dollar per diem, I'd be like buying geeky shit, not going no, to strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in New Mexico buying, you know, like uh, the alien landed on my roof and like all the Roswell kind of stuff. Yeah. See, I'm fascinated with marketing, just sports marketing in general. And I was telling Rochelle about this not too long ago. Phil Knight, who invented <laughs> Nike, if you read Shoe Dog and stuff like that, he he had a very unique marketing approach. And people are like, oh, well, Tiger Woods, Mike, Michael Jordan, and stuff like that. I think some with Shields is that. They were pushing her so quick. If she, if she would have went mm-hmm. and got the 10 wins, the 15 wins, and then they brought it back and brought the marketing machine, I know there wasn't a lot of people out there for her to fight at 165. But I, it felt like from outside media, and I still hear this, is that like it was a marketing machine pushing a little bit. Okay. Now, Shields is very talented. There's no one out there um, like Shields. So I understand why you would market her like that. But I also understand the grassroots of let the press – 
talk for itself, mm-hmm. let her work her way up. What do you feel about that, Claire? Wow. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. <laughs> I, I, what stays I, in this room? Well, what stays in this room? I, stays I, in this room I, I think, except for right. all the internet, <laughs> all the Twitch streams. I, I, think with, I think with Carissa Shields, it's, there's, it's more than, I mean, it's more dynamic or diverse than that or however. But so if she, let's say, for example, if she's only signed with a promoter for five fights, mm-hmm. well, that's, that's a lot of work to mm-hmm. do promoting and marketing and, you know, having someone that maybe can groom your fighter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm not talking about changing them, who they are mm-hmm. as a person. And this goes, <laughs> I can't what I'm saying, but you know me, I'm just going to say it. I think they're, I think to maybe a little softer appeal outside the ring, you know, maybe, um, Clarissa doing some things like, you know, where you see her doing some outreach with some like kids or things mm-hmm. like that. And I'm not trying to stereotype a woman, men's versus women, but I think men need to do that too. I don't see any of that being done. Right. I don't see her being groomed. I don't see, any, I don't see any promotion. Right. I don't see her on. I mean, it's not difficult in Detroit even to get your fighter on like the five at nine. Right. Right. I mean, that's super easy. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't see any of that stuff being done. Right. So I don't know if that's because she was only signed to a five fight contract as a promoter. Right. How much time do you put into their future earnings promoting and marketing somebody who might only be here for five fights? Right. But at the same time, it- they they might sign on with you again if for those five fights you were pushing them, you were doing the outreach program. But you were, very risky in this business. I, I lo- loyalty that. is Extremely. like I understand yeah. that there understand are, is that. no loyalty. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's issue, but yeah. I don't. I don't see the things being done. Yeah. I don't see um you know the correct press conferences. Mm-hmm. I think Clarissa Shields. I mean, she's what two time gold, right? And yeah. I mean that I'll should say, mean, I mean something. I mean, did you see where we had the the weigh ins? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like a little $10 well, scale and it was just, like it, was, it, it was just, it wasn't even, right. it wasn't acceptable in my opinion. Yeah. Well, For a showtime, a showbox. And I'll say this horrible. to Jess too. I, I honestly, I, I think, you know, and what I was saying there is a lot of other people's perceptions because they'll come to me because shield, this is shields down, but I'll break it down to performance. People like knockouts. If I'm a, if I'm a 10 and 0 fighter with one or two knockouts, I'm never going to be main event. You got to get the knockouts. People like the knockouts and shield struggling with the knockouts going the distance. She got knocked down. It got back up, showed a lot of heart, but Christy Martin, and you know who I'm talking about, Christy Martin, uh, she floored people. And that's why Christy Martin, regardless of appeal, looks, anything, people liked watching Christy yeah. Martin. People mm-hmm. like knockouts. It's the same with guys. Oh, yeah. Tyson, because it was so dynamic, you, you, you know, no one talks about no. Trinidad like no. Tyson. Right. Trinidad was a great boxer. He didn't have the, you know, so. Be right. So I would say that to Jess, too. You got to put on a show there. They're looking mm-hmm. for the knockout We've at the about end. That kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> yep. uh, decisions are a part of the game. Mm-hmm. But if you have so many of them, uh, Nikki Adler, I think, threw 13 punches. Like, that should have not been a different stoppage than it was. Uh, right. You should just get people on the ground. And I think Shields <laughs> will get there. I think she's got a good trainer. I think things will get there. It's just uh, I'm watching women's boxing evolve in front of us. And um, Jess is going to be a huge part of it down there. I just think she might not be... How, how would I say? I, I wish we could freeze Shields and bring her back in three years when women's boxing's a little bit because I think she's going to peak before I see the sport peaking. There's always Ab- been absolutely she will, right? And there's always been people 
that have pushed it. Layla Ali, yeah. uh, Christy mm-hmm. Martin. We talked about Mia St. John, who we'll talk about when we talk about performance enhancing drugs. And Wolf. The, right. There's always been yeah. somebody out there, but there hasn't been like a group of them to like carry it all at once. Right. No, it's not the same time. Right. And and Shields right now is the only one carrying it. Maybe Christina Hammer can hang with her. Maybe she can't. Um, we need some grudge matches. I think this Hammer <laughs> thing's no, looking seriously. ugly. I oh, think yeah. we need yeah. some grudge Hammer. matches, like, yeah. but more than just one. Right. right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. this person wants to fight that person. People are caught. You know, we don't have any of that in the female division. You know, There's none of that going on. And it's not it's not getting in the papers. It's not getting coverage. Nothing. And I think that the two-minute rounds have something to do with it, too. It's possible. Yeah, Definitely. I don't, I don't like Would it. you like to go three? Oh, yes. It's it's impossible to get a a feel of the other fighter and to even get a a knockdown or any type of stoppage in two minutes. That's (laughs) – it's ridiculous. You know, even even amateur, like, open fighters, men get to go three minutes in amateur. Right. Well, I mean, look at it this way. My my son's baseball team this year, Rochelle will even tell you, was amazing. They were dominant, Mm -hmm. and they hit the tournament, and they were dominant. Mm -hmm. Imagine somebody comes in and says, instead of playing the eight innings in Little League, we're going to roll it back to two innings. Well, they might be down in two innings, but if you – in seven innings, Mm -hmm. I know this team's going to win. Your your skill set is nullified Mm -hmm. because it's a shorter amount of time. If I'm I'm a competitor that's not as good as you, haven't trained as hard Mm – I can maybe fool a judge. I can maybe right. for two minutes right. stick around. Three, exactly. you're going to start outclassing me. Yeah, and I'd love to see some solid reasoning on why we are not allowed to go three minutes. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen lots <laughs> of reasons, <laughs> but you know, I've I've seen nothing solid. In... Co- Coach seems to know why. Why? What? You know? <laughs> no, I sent her an article today. Why right. women boxing can't go past two minutes? Well, Kara Rowe, you had some fights. Uh, you know, we talked to Kara Rowe a lot. She's a good mm-hmm. friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had some three-round fights. I don't know how that happened before they changed the law mm-hmm. or what. But Kara Rowe was sure. badass I, before her injuries. Right. We I feel love like three-round fights would make women's boxing more appealing, too, because, yeah, A.Y. likes knockouts. But A.Y.'s not a knockout artist. I mean, you got guys like Floyd. Floyd ain't knocked nobody else since, like, the 90s, and everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. Right. You, know, you got people... Canelo said he don't knock out everybody. He's not knocking out people like Wilder. I think the two minute limits a lot of women fighters. Mm-hmm. Some people like to watch yeah. boxing for the technique. How much right. technique you gonna see in two minutes? Right. Or a minute lot. and a half. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> you of know, it's so much. So like, I feel like that limits the training for women fighters because everybody's training women to fight for two minutes only. Mm-hmm. So why I gotta show you all this nice stuff if y'all can, all you gonna do is throw punches for two minutes and hope to hit something? Right. That's one exactly. of the things people were laughing me about. I said, "Well, I'm gonna so, look into that." And they went, "Claire, come on." I it went, starts with somebody. <laughs> Someone has to do Someone something. Has to, right. has to, yeah. Maybe you guys can all like uh, after the fight, you guys can take a knee. <laughs> like, like we're not you coming. Know, we're not, will, we're not, I'll do you can whatever sit, it takes. Right when they ring the bell to start the fight, you guys both just take a knee for the first round. <laughs> or or when it'll they be a zero zero round. Right and just yeah. take when a the knee ref for, tries to break. You, you go another there, minute. Stand there for three yeah, minutes. Just keep fighting. Right. Say we're fighting for three minutes. Right. Right. I'll I'll keep going. I'll keep going. I mean I don't know, but you never know. Maybe we'll do something like that. It seems if oh there was God. ever a Listen, he's like, <laughs> I was I wanted to look it up and see why oh, yeah, you you find why I found some articles <laughs> because in the of menstrual cramps or something. Yes. Yeah, that's what it's I'm like, are you freaking <laughs> <laughs> kidding me? Thank you. That is literally the re- <laughs> menstrual cycle has tremendous impact on the body of a woman. Yeah. Like that's the reasoning. Welcome are you to kidding life. me? Yeah. That's <laughs> I told you it was a good article. Somebody's just, oh, my God. But if there's ever a state that maybe has some terrible rules, it's the state of Michigan. I bet you we could fit good rules in 
with the terrible rules because uh state of Michigan, I, I'm always hard on. There's, there's a lot of things that are wrong. The standing eight count. There's a lot of things that we still do that are absolutely, um, mm-hmm. Oh no, I don't know. Maybe people are just waving at us. No, it's Cody. Uh, uh, but, uh, you see the show gets hotter when Cody gets in here, by the way, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like everybody's like, Hey, what's up? Cody? <laughs> um, even Rochelle, what? Cody's Cody. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Um, but no, I, I, I think I was way, way off thought here, but um, what what was I even talking about? I even got Cody. distracted by Cody. I was not talking about Cody. Oh, no. Uh, if, and and Cody, Cody can verify here. If ever a state that has wacky rules, it's Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we could put good rules within these wacky rules. And a three-minute rule for women's boxing mm-hmm. would be amazing. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I support that 100%. Yeah. Right. And joined by Cody. What's up, guys? What's yeah, going on? You got to give him a camera, Jimmy. I, it's okay. I, I, would, I would say we're I, – I, hold on. I got to – I'm trying to do 50 different things here. Hold on. He's good looking. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to – I'm going to bring awesome. up just Can everyone the, just turn to me and There we go. Right. I'm, I'm just going to bring up that camera. Good radio. That camera is the one that's on right now. All right. This place is cool. Right. Yeah. We were talking about it a little bit. It's a neat neighborhood. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. I used to live right down the road. <laughs> For like a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, like, no. three, three months. Oh, God. Was it three months? Three months, yeah. yeah Actually, time flies. Yeah, I, live, yeah. I lived down the road for three years. Yeah. That's why I know I don't like this area. I like this. I, like, I actually like it. I like it. I like it. Oh, it wasn't bad. I'm just joking. So we were talking women's boxing, and uh, but our next subject I, I definitely wanted to talk to Cody about. Um, so uh, it came out that Mia St. John – um, admitted to using performance-enhancing drugs over 20 fights. And not only did she use it over 20 fights, she said other fighters used it in boxing at the same time. And then Barry Bonds had his number retired. Um, Barry Bonds looked like stick and bones the, this past weekend, not on steroids, out in the middle of uh, left field getting it. And my theory is this, is that those guys should never, ever get in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, that's what makes Ken Griffey Jr. so special and the people that didn't take it is because they didn't. And uh, so I was surprised that a fighter like Mia St. John would come out and admit it. Maybe it's something that they got to get off their chest. But me and Cody and I know Jimmy, we're we're very anti like steroids. We get mad at fighters like John Jones or anybody that oh, yeah, we, we believe that. You know everything that puts in your body and stuff like that. Um, what is your guys' take on performance-enhancing drugs? Because, like, technology has come a long way, but clearly performance-enhancing drugs um, gives you an unfair advantage. I imagine at U of M you're tested, right? No. No. no really? Not, no. Wow. Not college boxing. I don't think there's no testing at amateur level at all. Mm-mm. Maybe once you get to Olympic level. Yeah, Olympic but, level, but like just um, nor- yeah, local mm-hmm. well, amateur boxing. Even uh, most of your professional boxing shows, local shows, and MMA shows, they don't test for steroids either. They're just testing for like weed and stupid stuff, right? <laughs> stupid shit you can test for. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's the cheapest test. So that's, right. what they, that's what they do. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what? They're like, you're getting think, tested. Yeah. You, th- you think getting, you think <laughs> right, getting yeah, high right. is going to like uh, affect your performance in a fight? Probably not. Yeah, no. I, th- the opposite. You're just going to be sitting there in the corner eating Cheetos. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that get high. I mean, MMA fighters that get high and they use it as like a, I don't know, way to relax. Yeah. Uh, So I will ask you this, Jess. How many people do you think in college boxing national champion team uh, 
do you think are maybe using? I uh, like on my team. No, no, no. Just in general, in general, college, college bo- uh, boxing across. I mean, if it's not getting tested, I. That's the problem with the boxing. They yeah. weren't mm-hmm. or baseball. They weren't testing them, so right. it ran amok. So mm-hmm. I won't accept a zero percent answer. <laughs> and there's just certain things you notice about mm-hmm. people on steroids. Rochelle and me, uh, I can spot it a mile away when someone's on steroids mm-hmm. because it's just so different. Fucking yoked. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a different yeah. like kind of yeah. ripped. You know? Right. It it's just like. It's abnormal. It, I can spot right. it a mile away. It's the like jog muscles is on muscles. And, right. Yeah. And like just <laughs> so shredded. It's, I mean, so obvious. I mean, MMA fighting. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the Brazilians were on steroids because they were all just so chiseled. <laughs> and then USADA came in. Which is the anti-drug uh, administration, and like these guys all fall off. So how they all shrunk? What, what's the percentage you think? Uh, I think honestly, I don't think it's a big problem um, in college boxing. I'd say under ten percent, under five percent. Wow, I don't think it's that big of a deal because a lot of college boxers never boxed before college. Like, okay, some start freshman year. I started my senior year. I started less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it's not like we're at that elite level yet where it actually would make a difference even. Right. You know, the, these kids, some go to nationals and their first round at nationals is their first fight ever. Right. So it, I, don't, uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal in college boxing at least. Now, Cody, as a professional fighter for the UFC, uh, there's stupid people out there that have this argument and I'm going to have you deflect it because I think you will. Everybody says, why don't you just open pro athletes up to PEDs? Testosterone proves to make a healthier body. Um, Allow every fighter to choose to take it. And if both of them are on it, it is an even platform. What would your response be to that? Well, some guys have a lot more money than other guys. And the guys that can afford things like that, like the real – I mean, if you have a team of doctors working on your blood levels and doing all these things, um, obviously you're – probably going to perform a lot better than someone that is, you know, just taking some basement steroids or I don't, you know, I don't really GNC. know. Yeah. I don't know like what the, I want to get what the grades of steroids are, but I know <laughs> that there are like, there are levels to it. And there are guys that, um, have had doctors in the past that are basically like regulating their, their blood levels and, and keeping them at this absolute like peak testosterone level, testosterone to estrogen level. And, you know, a lot of things, the only thing that I could see, um, would be beneficial for athletes in general, I think, would be uh, human growth hormone, HGH. Right. And that isn't a performance-enhancing drug. That's a recovery tool. Um, I think that that guy should have that available because I think just about anybody could afford it, and it would really help guys kind of recover. Obviously, you know, being a professional athlete, you beat the crap out of your body. Right. So I think that would be the only thing because that doesn't make you – faster and stronger right. steroids makes you faster and stronger right uh you know using something to recover that's different you know steroids is something that actually increases your athletic performance and uh, you're, you're not talking about a level playing field anymore you know you're not talking about the guy that works the hardest and puts his time in it's like the guy that can afford the you know the right injections is gonna i'm gonna be say the because there'd be guys you know going on the streets trying to find something right right i mean even now even now there are things that there's masking yeah there's 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 athletes that that do things and invest back into their their careers uh you know to kind of like optimize their absolute their absolute their athletic performance you know like like me i mean i work with i work with uh you know i work with doctors to to 
on my heart rate and uh, my diet and all these things. I mean, there are ways to naturally like increase your performance. Um, you know, obviously it's not it's not the shortcut that steroids are, but I mean, if you really if you really take the time and you know do the right things with your body and you're not you know you're not going out drinking and doing drugs and and you're living a, a healthy lifestyle, I feel like you know you can you can uh, you know peak your you know your absolute your performance level. But I mean, steroids literally you're taking there's there's no guesswork. You know, you do whatever the hell you want. You can train as much as you want, and you know you get a you get a shot and you recover. It's 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 just it's not fair. It's uh, well, I stupid. I told this story before. I don't even know if you were a co-host yet, Cody. But my my grandmother, she would get really really sick in a near deathbed, and they'd be like, "Oh, you should call hospice, probably." And then they would give her uh, a prednisone pack, and she'd be walking That's and like steroid. Yeah, yeah. And she would be walking, moving the drapes. They, two days ago, they said that you might have to call hospice, and she was walking to her own chair, getting herself out of bed. But when the prednisone wore off again, went down again, right? Prednisone peak it up again, right? Which is a steroid. Then she'd be walking. It was amazing what certain steroids can do. So, Cody, uh, you you worked out at the UFC Performance uh, Center. They're cutting edge. What within the rules is coming up in science that you think is going to be amazing for athletes that like Jessica could use and and coach over there? What do you what do you see that's pretty exciting about science? You're talking about resting heart rates, uh, breathing. Is there anything that UFC has a showed you guys that looks pretty cool? They're finding smarter ways to train, like low impact ways to train and better ways um, to uh, decrease inflammation. So basically, you know, your 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 body's natural response to getting injured is is you know becoming inflamed. You get that pump in your muscles. Well, that actually slows down your recovery time a little bit. So they're they're finding ways to, um, I guess, speed up your body's natural abil- ability to to recover. And you know, the nutrition aspect is is so big. Uh, you know, I was fortunate. My first three UFC fights were in Vegas, so I got to work with all those guys, and I learned so much. Um, you know, things like cryotherapy, they have red light therapy, uh, like underwater treadmills, low, like no impact treadmills, massage therapy. I mean, there are a lot of ways to, you know, keep yourself in, in the game, you know, like right now, like during camp, I get a massage every week. I see a physical therapist every week and I see a chiropractor twice a week. You know, that's actually, uh, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it takes a lot of time out of your day to do that stuff, but you know, if, if I don't make it to my fight, I don't get paid. So, I mean, I look at it as like all an investment, you know, back into my, into my career. And, you know, I think if you're doing those things and you're treating your body right, um, I think it pays off more than, you know, taking a, uh, PED would. Now, as Jess, uh, she's going to try or going to make it to the Olympics (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) there you go in 2020. Um, in women's boxing, what, what can you recommend to an athlete starting off? She's still, you know, in the amateur phase, obviously with the Olympics. And so in the amateur phase, you're fighting more than you would as a pro. Um, even though it's tough for women to still get fights, what what would you recommend to fighters that are coming up, Cody, that you've learned maybe the hard way or, um, through training because you're a solid, uh, you know, solid record, lots of fights. What would you recommend? Um, I guess keep up with the times. Um, you know, the old school mentality, like getting ready for a fight meant that you like spar every day and just beat yourself up and like Mm -hmm. kill yourself in the gym. Um, they're just finding out that's not the way to do it. You know, not only that, like Mm -hmm. 
there's one thing on your body that doesn't recover, and that's your brain. You know, so right. don't take that consistent like damage to your head. If you get punched in the head, do it once a week. You know, give your body some time to to recover. And like that's just like that old school boxing mentality, that old like crunk mentality where guys just went in every day and just beat each other up while those guys are all slurring their words and you know don't know what planet they're on anymore. So. Right. Uh, you know, train smart, train smart, uh, focus on your technique and your conditioning. Um, and then, you know, as the fight gets closer, I would say spar, but you know, a lot of MMA fighters are now adapting and I don't know if I'm sure boxers aren't, but they're adapting like no sparring rules and guys aren't even sparring for fights. They're literally doing strength conditioning and like hard mitt work and just hard drill sessions and all these things because, you know, a lot of these guys that have been in, you know, 20, 30 MMA fights, they're starting to realize like, hey, you know, maybe my brain's not working as good as it used to, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like a real, that's a real, uh, that's a real thing in fighting. Like you can really mess your head up and like, that's the real fear at the end of a fighting career, you know, like joints heal, you know, pretty much any ailment you have in your body. I mean, most time it's going to heal. Maybe you get some arthritis later in life, but who doesn't have arthritis, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But your brain, you need that. You right. need that your whole life. So, uh, train smart. Right. I think a lot of people don't realize it's not when you get, you know, you're sparring, like you're talking about getting ready for a fight, right? You get like a minor concussion. You might not even realize it. Maybe two days later, the next night, you have a headache or later Mm -hmm. that day. Right. You think, oh, I have a headache. I trained hard. I'm probably dehydrated. Well, it's probably a minor concussion. It's not the minor concussion that's the problem that caused the brain injury. It's the concussion you get after the minor concussion Mm -hmm. when you already have the minor concussion. It's the second one. So if you're sparring even a week before a fight, right, or four days before a fight, like I see people do, and then they get a minor concussion, then in a fight, now they have no headgear on, they get hit in the head again. That's why it causes it. It's a problem. I would. I agree with that. Yeah. I see guys in the gym. You've probably seen it. Oh yeah. With no headgear on, they think the trainers like, oh, it makes them tough. They're fine. I'm like, that's just that's just ignorant. Right. It's completely ignorant. And we're back. Uh, I sat in on a con- 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 ah. So there we go. Concussion study with uh, Henry Ford Hospital <laughs> with Doctor Lee. You remember that, Rochelle? And it was really early in the morning. It was like six in the morning. But I remember him saying that every time you see stars, that's pretty much a concussion. Every and then you really. ask a fighter how many times they see st- stars during training or fighting, and they're telling you like ten times a week. You're like, mm-hmm. wait, you're getting ten Perfect. concussions a, a week. What? What if you right. sneeze and you see stars? <laughs> you probably already did the damage to that's the head. That's low testosterone. <laughs> oh, is it? If you okay. pull a muscle and you, you can take steroids. <laughs> <laughs> so we can fix that like today. <laughs> that would be funny. Me and Jimmy just coming in here ripped. <laughs> no, we would just be. your testosterone like levels checked, that's completely different. I would be all for that. TRT. Honestly. When I'm done fighting, I'm going to be on a TRT program. I, yeah, yeah. I think that. Sure. I used to it's sell healthy. testosterone as a oh, pharmaceutical rep. Yeah. I, I even sold penal implants. Wow. For Johnson oh. Johnson. I did. That's why I knew that's about so that. <laughs> funny. That's why Johnson I knew the sneezing. Johnson that's how I knew the sneezing. <laughs> I did. So, but I think, I don't I know. Do you, you, you keep samples at home still? To, testosterone? No. 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 I oh, the oh, penal implants. I think she yeah. Well, I don't need that. I what's just need a, the no, testosterone. No. I'm just curious. But what's yeah, a penal implant? It's the yeah. balloon, right? You, you yeah, pump it up. Pump. It was, yeah. So, like, if, you remember, if medicine didn't work yeah. for you, that yeah. was Do you remember, the last resort. Right. You, it's like the opposite condition that would cause, like, I can't believe we're like, for Viagra. Uh, Viagra. 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 That's yeah, for people that still have, like, desire. Right. They just have bad blood flow. Right. So, you got to inflate it when you're done? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think you did. So do you remember do you remember those old uh, do you remember I was to say do you remember those old uh high tops like, that you would put on oh, and you go the Reebok pumps? Yeah. 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 It's kinda like that. Except, right. yeah. Oh yeah, the pumps. Yeah, exactly. And then, then you yeah. press a little button and it goes Oh. Yeah. There you go. I, I wasn't. I didn't do that long. I really don't like to do that. I'm like, this is just bizarre. So it was. It was crazy. So yeah. Well, next time I go to the VA, I have something to discuss with them. I do, but testosterone levels. I I wouldn't have a problem. They told with a me fighter I just got mine tested. I'm waiting on the and results. You sh- and you should, because yeah. here's the thing. Like. I mean, we can talk. It's like no, it's, we're, right? yeah, we're no, fine. No, no. Yeah. So, like, you know, when you're, I'm a you medical know, professional. 20s, 30s, He's done stuff medicine. Like that, yeah. You know, and men are like, okay, so you still wake up with morning wood, right? Yeah. But then, as you age, you don't like have that anymore. But so you need your testosterone. I'm very. This is very serious. I think yeah. you need your testosterone levels still checked. While you're, that's still the case. Yeah. Because there's such a disparity, and a normal testosterone level is anywhere from 250 mm-hmm. to like 1250. Right. Yeah. That's normal range. Yeah. So, but what if you were a thousand your whole life? Yeah. And then you go down to seven, seven, seven fifty. Seven fifty. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, you're so fine. You're, it's just like you're, yeah. you're. But you don't feel blood good. Blood flow and right. everything. You're, you need, right. a, so, you need a base. I'm all. I the, know all the about it. The young ones are still like, ah, you I know. Still, right. <laughs> I'm good. I'm Think good. Good for another fifty I, I, years. Honestly, God, I think if you train really, really hard for like a uh, crazy oh, amount of time, yeah. your testosterone levels definitely. Oh yeah. Go down. Yeah. But I don't think that. But they go back up. They do. <laughs> well, but, yeah. that's what but, they, but it does spike, though. I mean, it does, it does spike. Yeah. Normally, it does. Well, that. And, and 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 just like uh, we talked about the menstruation cycle because of that right. article, men have a men have a cycle. I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, don't ever talking, invite Claire again. We were talking. I don't we're understand about, who she is. <laughs> we were talking. We were talking about why women's boxing they only have two minute rounds, and one of the reasons that they gave was this bullshit excuse about the menstruation cycle or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. That was that. That's like yeah, that crazy. Sexist, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But anyways, but men have We're a strong norm- enough to go through childbirths, because not to punch anybody. Right. Right. But men have a <laughs> well, cycle to too. Punch people during childbirth, and during that cycle, their their testosterone drops, different right. other hormones drop. Right. So there is a cycle. Yeah, but right. uh, now fights were in the morning. That's when people's testosterone levels are the highest. Right? Yes, between nine and eleven. Yeah, exactly. And so we all know what. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> like oh, that yeah. makes sense. Oh. <laughs> Also, why morning sex is the best sex. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've heard. <laughs> but I'll take it whenever. I'm there's sure. truth. <laughs> there's truth, though, when, when Cody's in camp or, or men are in camp, is that they, they feed off each other's testosterone and the whole level rises, right? Just like women can sync up men in a training camp. Isn't that true, Jimmy? Like the, your testosterone, you feed would, off of other know? manly men. No. Huh? No, they, no, no, not that's at all. Not true. No, you just you're the 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 Energy collective the, the the collective. Uh, oh God, what it? Uh, there's a military term for it. It's a collective thing where you get a bunch of guys together in a very close and uh, clo- enclosed space. It's not like they feed off their testosterone, but there's this. They get tougher. They get and well, they, they don't get rise. Tough, they don't get tougher. They get competitive. They get without even realizing it. Take, they get more competitive with each bunch, other. The, well, I would say if you take a bunch of dudes in a gym and then you bring a hot chick in that gym, testosterone <laughs> yeah, so oh yeah, someone's gonna be like, all the blood goes the from here down to here. Yeah, <laughs> everybody starts puffing up a little bit. Yeah, but that's also when injuries happen because you know they normally bench at you know two hundred or whatever. It's like I'm gonna throw a couple another fifty <laughs> right. on there, and right. oh, that's how they rip their backs. You know, yeah, she watches. She watches. 
I've seen it so many times. There's so many. Stupid. So we have so many young young fighters in the gym, you know? And like a lot of amateurs probably no one ever heard of, but guys that come in consistently and a chick will come in. Yeah. A good looking girl will come in and start yeah. training like in the amateur class. And you see all these guys like morph into like this like <laughs> and we all sit and watch. Like after training, you know, amateurs go after we do and we just sit and watch them all just kind of like pop their chest. I'm Captain Swole. Look over yeah, it's oh it's hilarious. Yeah. It's like a bunch of monkeys but that's, walking but, around. But that but that that's like, actually uh <laughs> A thing is, guys will get guys in a in a uh, uh, a small group will get not even consciously will just start getting competitive with one another, you know. And I mean, even for the most inane things, it's like he pissed for thirty seconds. I'm gonna piss for thirty five. It's just he, manly nature. I mean, it, someone it, wants to become the like the, the alpha male. The jungle. Exactly. Yes, they want to become the alpha male, so they start naturally competing with each other. Now, Jess, when you were in jujitsu, did you? Was there a line to for guys to roll with you? Were you in an all man class? <laughs> like I mean, like no, Cody sure. makes it sound like it's like sure. as soon as it's time to roll, it's, everybody's it's usually, over there. It's usually not. It's usually not weird like that. I mean, not like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not like dudes uh, like because if, if something like that was that like that guys like groping you up, a girl. No, no, no. Like, I'm just saying somebody like, hey, snatch him up and beat the shit out. Yeah, of him, like, you on got to spot. I mean, like no, I, I'm saying more. I'm gonna make the connection because you it's, got a training partner. Yeah, there. I'm sure you had a lot of guys like willing to help you out. Oh yeah. Oh. That was really good, but let me show you. Oh, mansplaining, yeah. yeah. That, that's that the happens, happens that's no matter what. what. <laughs> mansplaining, mansplaining, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Never heard of it. Oh, yeah. you get really? No, oh, that's, no, this oh, is that's a huge thing, yeah. Now you turn your hips this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel that? My favorite is after I tab them out, they tell me what I did wrong. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They sell All a cure for that at Walgreens. It's called duct tape. All your local stores have I thought you were going to say chloroform. Duct tape. Oh, really? Smell that. Now, Jess, tell Cody a little bit about your jiu-jitsu background because he came in a little bit late but you do come from a jiu-jitsu background yeah yeah so i started training jiu-jitsu when i was 18 over at uh 10th planet ann arbor um okay. trained there for about two two and a half years and then last summer i actually spent out in orange county california um i was doing an internship and got to train out there with uh I was at King's for a couple days, um, but mostly I was at uh, the 10th Planet gyms out there just training, um, competed cool. a lot, uh, lots of tournaments, a couple hundred. Um. So boxing and jiu-jitsu, so you're going to start <laughs> fighting MMA then? Uh, uh-huh. We'll see. We'll see. Co- Coach over there. there. There's, a lot, of, there's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of money in it. Especially for yeah. women. For women right yeah. now. For the women in MMA, it's a lot better than They're making as much right money now. as we are or more. Yeah, yeah. We'll see though. We'll see. Um, I, like I started too. boxing I like in. <laughs> yeah, started boxing in October though, and I got goals there first. And yeah, once good. I get, I mean, you want to, you want to like hone different crafts. I mean, those are the mm-hmm. guys that are the best in MMA or girls are usually they come they're specialists in something. You know what I mean? It's like right. good to have a foundation, mm-hmm. whether that be jujitsu, jujitsu and boxing. You know what I mean? Because you can work, you can build an MMA game around that. But get people that just try to mm-hmm. come in and learn MMA for MMA aren't successful because it's watered down. You yeah. want to learn boxing from boxing specialists. You want to mm-hmm. learn jujitsu from jujitsu specialists, and just right. it makes you better. Yeah, and we were talking about Kara Rowe. That's his boxing, his striking coach. We okay. were talking about Kara Rowe. She fought some three round fights mm-hmm. uh, or three minute round. Well, fights. they they just they changed um, it not long ago because they Kara used to Rowe be able was to a badass. Yeah, they man. used to be able to do three minute rounds, okay. but then they changed it because they're stupid. All right, Jimmy, do what's All on right. tap. Keep do we on have schedule. do we have the song or is it did not port? <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 <Thin> <laughs> transport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, this is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. August 16th at Tokyo on ESPN+. Plus. We have Ryosuke Iwasa versus TJ uh, Doany. 12 rounds for Iwasa's IBF junior featherweight title. Uh, August 18th, Belfast, Northern Ireland. Showtime Facebook and YouTube. Showtime Extreme, same-day tape. We have Carl Frampton versus Luke Jackson. 12 rounds for Frampton's WBO interim featherweight title. We also have Christopher uh, Rosales versus Patty Barnes. 12 rounds for Rosales' WBC flyweight title. Moving on to MMA, if I can turn the page here. Uh, August 17th, we have Bellator 204, Caldwell versus Lott. That is a Stanford Pentagon, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, and then that's the big one. But there was a couple of them that I just found the titles fun, and I like reading those. Uh, <laughs> August 18th, uh, Freak Show Productions at Hub City Beatdown. So my question on that is that that's in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Now, I was in Hattiesburg when I was in uh, Primo before we went to Afghanistan. There's some weird people there. Here's my question, though. <laughs> I, do you have to be part of the freak show in order to compete? I mean, do you have to be, like, the bearded lady or the really tall guy? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, seeing the, the, the population in Hattiesburg, I mean, they could probably find that stuff, but... I don't know. Uh, August 18th, Impact Promotions, beat down at the beach. That is at the Lake Town <laughs> Wharf, Upper Grand Lagoon, and the Florida. Of course, it's in Florida. That's such a bad idea. And I, I don't even know if Cody was around back then. But so the guys that do uh, uh, WXC, Warrior. Yeah. So the original guy that owned it, Jeff Piddock, he used to have an event in Monroe on the beach. Yeah. And the sand would get on the mat. And it was like yeah. them on a slip and slide yeah. on that that mat. I so it just says beat down the beach, but it's in Lake Town Wharf. So if it is an mm. MMA event, it typically yeah. does not work when sand is involved. Yeah. Uh, August eighteenth, Shamrock FC, Shamrock three hundred eight at the Amherstar Casino, Kansas City, Missouri, and that is what's on tap. Sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. We're going to take a quick, quick break, break, absolutely, and we will be right back. We're listening to the Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the Undercard, episode 282, celebrating the year 1982. Uh, what happened, Jimmy, in 1982? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't. I, I was completely... Trying to figure ET other stuff out. out. Uh, well, so hold on. Some some movies. I can tell you some movies that came out. Uh, the top ten movies. If you give me one second, I just gotta pull up. Uh, where is my folder? Hold on. Okay, I hate looking at. C- continue talking. Don't let oh, me. Oh, no worries. Distract you. I so, find... Jess, in people. Oh. Uh, that are new to the show. We've been celebrating the 80s ever since we started when we hit our 80th episode for some reason. I mean, in the early days, we were bored. We found a reason to party every day. Oh, So, like, God. we just hit episode 80, and it was like, all right, we're going to party. And so, like, in, we <laughs> started celebrating three. the years. We're going to party. Yeah, three. Because <laughs> three's, yeah. half, three's half of an eight. No, oh episode God. three. <laughs> episode three is kind of iconic. Right. Yes. That yeah. was the experience. Experimental, yes, it was. yes. That was the one where we got completely 
completely wasted and did a show. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, complete, like we had jugs of oh, beer. I want to be invited Like to that. jugs of that. beer. I yeah, we right. haven't done that. Doing that right now. I would say we haven't done that in like. No, we're old now. No, we, we don't were do it. we, we were old then. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> when Co- yeah, I tell you what, Cody wins. We were all in our and we're celebrating. Uh, so <laughs> September eighth, a lot lasagna. Uh, yeah. lasagna yes, here and yeah. and beers and shit down yeah. there. So right. that'll be okay. awesome. All right, um, I'll make the lasagna. I'll bring it. Uh, Rochelle, oh. Rochelle, makes, oh. Rochelle makes the best lasagna. It's, we well, just see a women's it is. right now. No, that's okay. <laughs> I was just being nice. How, how many, many rounds? You can make it. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many layers of cheese or pounds of cheese is it? Yeah. Four and a half. You Four and a half side pounds dish. of cheese. I'll make, lasagna side I'll make there a you salad. Go. <laughs> Why does everybody make a salad to go with pasta? I don't, I don't know. It's just both what you do. Because you gotta have fiber to get rid of all that cheese. Jeez. That's what Metamucil is for. You just take a couple of pills, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> no, it's, it that's comes in pills. Old, that's an old man thing. Shush. Penal implants to <laughs> Metamucil. I mean, we've covered everything. Low testosterone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a serious. The top gro- Yeah. The top grossing that's movies of 1982. And uh, I know we'll remember, but see if anybody else uh, gets these. Rocky Three, Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Never Porky's. Died. Right. Oh, okay. Porky's. It's an awesome movie. Annie. Right. Oh, God. Nah. E.T. Yes. Uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> uh, Tootsie. 48 Hours. An Officer and a Gentleman. Poltergeist. I saw and it when Star I was Star Trek like Two: The Wrath of Khan. Rocky Three is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. I, okay. So, true story. I was. Uh, let's see. This is 1982. So, probably 1985, 1986. I was uh, hanging out with my um, cousins. And we were just the the two of us were just old enough that we could stay by ourselves with the parents going out. And uh, she was having a sleepover, and one of her friends came over and said, hey, I brought a movie for all of us to watch. Want to watch it? We're like, sure. And she's like, it's supposed to be really scary. We're like, ah, it'll be fine. And it was Poltergeist. I did not sleep for the next week. (laughs) And at the time... Uh, and I and I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, back in the day when uh, networks used to go off the air and when they went off the air, the television would go to this white snow static and just like. <sighs> and that's what would happen in Poltergeist. And every night I'd fall asleep to the TV and I wake up to that and I would freak out. I'm like, <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it at the theater when it came out, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like seven or eight, yeah, years old, and I didn't sleep for two months. Seven or eight? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why would they take you at That's seven or eight? Terrifying. I, it was it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Then you know what the movie I watched the next year was The Exorcist. I mean, oh. come on, yeah. Well, my daughter, she's ten, and one of her favorite movies is The Exorcist. Yeah, but see, there's a difference between like when did she first see it? Uh, when she was nine. Okay, kids nowadays. Yeah, yeah, but I was gonna say, yeah, they're desensitized. It's not a desensitization with her. It's more of a she's just fascinated with with horror movies being scared. Okay, gotcha. So, but she didn't even find The Exorcist scary. What? No, because I don't (laughs) think she gets it. I don't think it's. I I need an old priest and a young priest. Yeah, she doesn't get the whole. 
like yeah. Catholic demon oh, possession really yeah. the real gist of it. Yeah. 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 Baby the, the power of Christ <laughs> compels you. The no power of Christ compels you. Yeah, no, she's Freaky. scared of more like the conjuring and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean that. that I mean. As a kid, I would see that's very scary. I actually uh, met the Warrens like way back in the day. They were some. I mean, they were old at the time, but well, they do. A, they do a tour. They did a tour. I but think they still the, do. Yeah, and but I think the wife has passed away. No, the dad or the husband. Oh, the husband passed away. Yeah, that's right. Ed okay. passed away, and yeah. Lorraine still does it. But and... the daughter does it with her. I think. Her son. Her son. Okay. Gotcha. And yeah. yeah, Felicity was very like upset and didn't understand why we wouldn't let her go. <laughs> She's like, I want to go. I won't touch Anna. I was going to say, because all. everything they have is demonic and possessed. Right. And she doesn't, <laughs> like I said, that's why she doesn't get it. Yeah. Because this like, is real. I'm not going to touch it. I just think it'd be so awesome. I'm like, no. no. Wow. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. No, because what if it attaches to her? I mean, that's what we tried to tell her. Yeah, her. We're just I'm like, scared and I have uh-uh. no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rocky Three does bring up something that I can segue into here. Uh, uh, Clubber Lang. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you ever wanted to have boxer shorts like his boxer shorts from Rocky Three? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I am, think I actually did once. I am able to offer our listening audience 15 percent off. Uh, all you got to do is go to Contenders Boxer Shorts. Uh, go check out the brand. They're five star rating. Okay, not only do they have the new Look, karate Claire picks kids, up their phone. She's like, "What?" Uh, but they have all the Rocky shorts, including the red, white, and blues that Apollo hey, Apollo, uh, Apollo! And gave gave to him. Uh, but you can get fifteen percent off with this one time only code CC Friend. Uh, it's C-C-F-R-I-E-N-D. The reviews have been amazing. All five-star reviews coming from mm. Contenders. Look up Contenders Boxing Shorts and uh, go get them. Also, they're good holiday gifts. We're getting yeah. in that time. Get Why it done. Why don't we have pictures of Cody in them? Duh. Yes. <laughs> that's all. That's between you and Cody. Yes. I don't now, know. now we know. Now, now we know. know. I'm just pictures. saying that we, they would now get more know. sales that now way. We know as right. to, like, what, exactly. Now we know what kind of calendar we're going to make. Oh. Yeah. They do oh, have, that's a good idea. They do have an Instagram uh, <laughs> oh, campaign like, going on. And September 8th is my birthday. I moved my foot. A Cody calendar. I, I moved my foot and the chair just went shh. And I was like, I'm shrinking. <laughs> they do have an Instagram campaign running uh, called How Do You Wear Your Contenders? It's meant to get customers to post out uh, uh, their selves wearing contenders. Uh, so maybe we can do that. That's at Contenders Clothing. So you'd you'd hashtag it at Contenders Clothing. Uh, yeah, after your win, we'll we'll do that. We'll hashtag that. Yeah, we'll get it get it going. We'll on get Instagram. some lasagna. We'll get some beers in you. You won't know we're taking the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Put these on. You're good. <laughs> exactly. We'll get more people. To the windows than we've yeah, ever exactly, had. To the exactly. windows. To the, the windows. To the walls. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, well, Claire, uh, just to touch base again a little bit what you're trying to do in boxing, you talked to a little bit about your uh, women's division. and But you're also working for a boxing organization. You touched on it, but tell us a little bit more about how organizations – I know how they work, but maybe our listening audience doesn't understand – the WBC, WABA, and all these organizations. But you also have a, a job with a boxing organization. So tell us right. what's going on there. So I'm the director of the American Boxing Federation. And it's not a new sanctioning body. It's a sanctioning body. It used to be the OA, the OBF. And it was back in the 1980s. And then they just kind of like let it go. So, um, I mean, there's obviously the top four 
right, that everyone knows about. When and you then, say let it go, I think of somebody like on the store, go, the storage units where they go. bid on storage units. And oh. he's like, I got some belts in no, there. I'm, and he just starts I, I, again. My mind went to Frozen. Oh, I got you. <laughs> no, I, think they, I think they just weren't doing anything with it. Okay. So, okay. All right. So I don't know if you, know, you guys, everyone's obviously knows about BoxRec and how that works mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that. But I think most people think it's like this big company. I mean, no, it's no. huge, no. but there's two owners, yeah. right? And then everyone else that does anything for BoxRec is volunteer. Right. So there's people that have worked for BoxRec as a volunteer for 20, 30 years. So we are in BoxRec, which is huge. So now all the um, haters are coming out. All the like little alphabet belts that aren't in BoxRec okay. are coming after us. Like how come they're in BoxRec and we're not? And it's kind of a big <laughs> political thing. Like the ABC got involved, mm-hmm. you know, the American Boxing Commission, and they're all involved in it. But um, so as far as the sanctioning body is, you you know you have ratings, so you have the way that you do your ratings, and then you have people fight for your titles. You know what I mean? We have a regional mm-hmm. title as well. So and it's it's been kind of it's been really exciting. I mean, I kind of did it because I thought it'd be great networking, but I absolutely love it. I mean, it's been amazing. The people I have met, and I get to go to all kinds of different title fights and put people in belts, and that's pretty exciting. But um, so you know, you pay your sanctioning fees, things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I don't know how depth do you want me to go. Most people in boxy don't understand how it works. <laughs> Pretty much, the promoter pays <laughs> right for the sanctioning right. fee, the supervision, the supervisor's fee. Exactly, and uh, you know it hypes up a fight card. Uh, Claire works for a legit organization, but there's a lot of non-legit organizations out there that people that don't know will see like the ID blah 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 blah, blah like seven letters and it makes the fight card more more appealing to them because they think they're going for a title belt and basically all these companies want is a sanctioning fee to to allow you to have the title now the other problem with those smaller organizations is normally no one sticks around to ever ever defend those belts so um they win them and then they quickly leave them so it's important to have the organizations that people want to defend those titles and stick around and and try to have like legit challengers instead of two open challengers every time for a belt. Right. I mean, we've had we've had um, one person, you mm-hmm. know, this year that just vacated the belt. It happens because you know right. um, he um, Leonard Tyner because he got the opportunity he was supposed to defend it, but he got the opportunity. He's going he's fighting what? this weekend. Yeah, he's fighting this weekend, and they yeah, they, right. Little so, belly, so how Philly. many legit <laughs> boxing belts are there? Like legit organizations? Would you say? Well, in box rack, yeah. I mean, you have your major four. And then you have like the state, you know, your state titles will be in there. And then you have the ABF. So in Boxwick, that's all there is. And then, well, here in, in the United States, but then like over in Europe and stuff, you have the Royal Boxing Organization. I mean, there's, I don't even know how many there are. Right. So you could there. be like a 27 time world champion. <laughs> you could. Well, you could. <laughs> well, but you couldn't. I mean, you know, I had someone from Zimbabwe say, well, we could get your title over here. Okay. We're the American Boxing Federation. Right. Oh, that's true. Like, I mean, how would you be the USA champion over right. and that doesn't make sense. But people, like I said, they don't understand it. Right. You know, so we, now, I have learned a lot about boxing doing this. Like the, oh, yeah. I've learned a lot of things that I thought people just knew. You know, I had a card where I had a talk to the ref in between rounds. Believe it or not, he was doing eight count, uh, standing eight counts. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we really don't do that in professional boxing. <laughs> they do it in Michigan still. I but it's not. They're not supposed to. I know they still do it. Though. I know. I've, not ever. Th- do all of them do it? No, there's a couple. I'll tell you off air that still do it. Okay. And well, a matter of fact, yeah. I, it, they it shouldn't be. They don't though. know. No, I mean. Th- it's not in professional boxing at all. One of Cody's biggest beefs is somebody that carries around their belt, though, like in public a lot. <laughs> and uh, 
it, it, he says that like uh, one of the funniest things. Anyone like that? One of the, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> one of the funniest thing Cody ever said to me when we were just like started hanging out and talking. And, uh, he's like, I don't take my wrestling. Uh, he's like, I don't take my wrestling trophy case everywhere with me. And he was pointing out people, and uh, it's true. Like some people will carry their belt like everywhere they go with them, and it's a sense of pride, and that's that's cool. You know? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not cool. But you look like a dork. <laughs> and guys that are legit look at you and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I don't even think it's mean? guys. It's it their trainers are telling to put it back in the car too. Yeah, like everyone's like, "Dude, what? What are you doing?" It's like, "Ah, oh, nice belt. You keeping your pants up? Like, why do you have that? It's like walking with a trophy in your hand. It's like stupid. Like, who does that? That's exactly what I'm talking about. I, have, I really do not like that. Like, I see kids wearing them. Where'd you get that belt? And then they go to respond. I'm like, no one cares. Put it back in your car, car, dude. Go give it to your mom. Let her put it on a shelf. You guys are laughing an awful lot. (laughs) Who is it? You know, you know, I don't know about over there. All right. I am the But when you win the UFC championship, you're going to take it to special events and stuff and let yeah, get people take touch it. To it. Special events, special but that pay you to yeah. be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not the mall. Not yeah, you don't take it. You're not going <laughs> to wear shopping mall. with you. Like, Sears, hey, Robo. Hold look this. Out. I got to go try these pants. Not, the, <laughs> not the movies. Not the mall. I was just saying. I used to. Uh, someone used to tell me like, uh, if you have to introduce yourself when you walk uh, into a room. walk into a room, you're not that important. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, you want to be the person that doesn't have to, like, wear a belt. Like, you just walk in and people know who you are. Like, that's, I think that's what you aim for as an athlete. Like, you want to be that good that when you walk in, people are like, oh, that's uh, so-and-so. Right. You don't want to be, uh, why is that guy got that belt on? Like, oh, he, uh, I don't know who that is. You know what I mean? And then you just look dumb. <laughs> right. You don't take it with you jogging. No, no. I don't, I don't think I gave them all to my mom. I was like, mom, and she like decorated, she got like a little trophy room for me. <laughs> oh, I thought she... The wall, the wall of Cody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the wall cool. of Cody. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I would never, mm-hmm. n- never, ever do that. <laughs> well, when you get the UFC belt, can we bring them all out and just have the whole trophies like just, yeah. just yeah, like I mean, a monument like a to you event. for one day? Have you for lay a on them? Special like... event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the calendar for charity. Right. It's exactly. All for charity. It's, it's all for charity. charity. For, for the Humane Society. You love yeah. dogs. I do love dogs. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the bash when Cody wins his UFC championship. Cody and Detroit rescue calendar. <laughs> what, what kind of bash we could throw out there That'd when you cool. win the championship, man? That'd be cool. I mean, that that could be absolutely I'm not amazing. sharing the lasagna with that many people. <laughs> no, we, no we the can't. lasagna's for in here. It's too expensive. Everybody's, like, everybody else Claire has got to buy shit she's out like, there. bring her lasagna for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You, you just, everybody buys their own food out there, but the lasagna is just for Cody and special people in here we ate all my brother and i ate that entire pan that night in one night <laughs> wow. no, you sent a picture and oh, it's gone I meant, awful I was gonna say, and, and how long was it before you had a ball movement oh, probably immediately that's a lot of that's a lot of cheese well but she's binds you worth up it, worth it yeah but, uh, not me. Uh, oh, but, really? Oh, you're lucky. <laughs> Lactose. Back to the <laughs> the belt thing, uh, really quick. I would like to see in MMA for sure in Michigan a universal belt because I think there's too many small promotions and actually to have a Michigan champion mm-hmm. and it actually means something and it traveled through the promotions. Mm-hmm. Ohio has a, a boxing championship, but Michigan mm-hmm. they tried to dust them off a little bit the boxing championships, but that would be a cool one. The old state right. championship belt right. that meant so much. 
to uh, people to win in Ohio. Are you tearing up? No. But in Ohio, in Columbus, they, they really take pride in that Ohio State belt. And, they um, do. So what do you think about that, Cody? Like I, I, I think all these promotions having separate belts is kind of stupid. Just one flat Michigan belt that travels within the pro am communities, and that's what it is. Well, the problem would be like what promotion hosts that? Well, you'd, you'd have to start it off kind of like almost like a round robin. And then from there, you know, whatever fighter can match make and what, yeah. what fights are taken. I mean, yeah, could someone get maybe worked out of it if they don't cooperate? Well, it with would other definitely promoters? legitimize um, whatever athlete was that champ. You right. know what I mean, it, if, if you're the champ of Michigan, it'd be, you know, clear to bigger promotions that you were the best. I think, know, so I think it'd be a good, like, as far as like moving forward for an athlete. But, I mean, you can't even get these MMA promotions. I mean, these guys are all, My you know what I mean, stroking their egos. You cannot get these guys to work together. You know, they're trying to have shows on the same night. They're really, I mean, they're idiots. Yeah. I, I, I they're idiots. That. I hope they're all listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. But what do you think the issue is with that? Just they don't know? Because that's what I've thought. I mean, I, that's what my opinion He's is. Right. They it's, just they don't know. It's ego. It's ego. They just yeah. ego. Know. It's literally. It's like my promotion's better than your promotion. It's like, well, I mean, maybe, but what's the? You know what I mean? Like these guys aren't in it for. They don't give a two shits about the right. athletes. You know what I mean? I don't know what I've it's like in boxing. Same. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like these guys are just. They're in it because they want to get a quick buck. You right. know, and I mean, basically, you know, someone's making money off. Off, you know, guys beating each other up, and you see some of the matchups that happen in boxing. I mean, and it happens in MMA too. I mean, it's a it's a twisted sport. There's a lot of sharks in in these waters, and you got to be smart. And that's why you need people in your corner that know what's up, know what's going on. I mean, because 100 percent promoters take advantage of you, and they'll, they'll they'll play. I mean, the worst thing I think promoters do is they play on fighters' ego. Well, this guy said he could beat your ass, so I mean, if you don't want to fight him, that's you know. Oh you're, yeah, yeah you know, you're a matchmaker. You're a wuss. You that? know what I mean? You're like, yeah, like, but I mean, like, some some dumb kid that maybe had a bright future in in fighting takes a fight that you know maybe he wasn't ready for because he didn't have the right people in his corner to tell him like, hey, you know, probably not yet. You know, someday, but not yet. Yeah, you know, because I mean, fighters, you know, everybody thinks they're the baddest dude on the planet. Promoters are just the same. They think they're the greatest promoters. Yeah, everybody's that way. Um, I went to my worst show ever in Memphis a couple weeks ago. I know who threw that. It was absolutely horrible. Yeah, Vivian Wait, Harris horrible. didn't get paid, and I say horrible in what my, way? Yeah, I've seen, fighters see not getting paid. Um, fighters without rooms. My room became a halfway house for homeless boxers for the weekend. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, yeah, literally. Wow. So that was interesting. Um, you know, no per diem, no food. You know, and some of these mm-hmm. guys come. You know, they come, they, they travel. We said they don't even have twenty bucks. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. They money. literally have no food. And they're like, "That's okay. I'll just have." You know what I mean? So then he ordered pizzas the night before the fight at nine thirty at night. Hmm. So it was it was bad. I mean, there was no sponsors. I mean, there was these little cards on the thing. He had a a ring mat that was this like almost like a material like this. Oh wow! And guys and were slipping all over yeah. it. I mean, I. I couldn't even believe it happened, but yeah. Did you see the thing about Vivian Harris? Yeah, I, I and know who you were talking They didn't get paid. They're supposed to get paid eleven thousand dollars. They got paid four thousand. Jeez! Like everyone got shorted. Wow! Everybody. He stole our belts. Yeah. I stole oh. your guys. He literally belts? stole the belts. <laughs> like took confiscated them from a conference room. Took them. Didn't let us have them. What? And threatened to call the police to get them. Because oh. he didn't understand they're my belts. If I pay you for them, first you haven't paid yet. But he did pay. But then he thought it was his their belts. 
So you explained to him that they're my belts, and then when the fighter wins the title, it's his belt. It never is the promoter's belt. So right. The worst thing that they ever, don't understand anything. The worst no. thing that ever happened. That was a terrible weekend. That Rochelle knows about too. Horrible. Is, uh, I had a promoter tell me over the phone that he was responsible for something, but I was in the room when that decision was made. And he was nowhere in that room. And he lied to me. Like, he was like, he goes, you know, I, I, I made that happen. And I'm like, well, I was in the room with the five people that did make that decision. And, but you know, I, I even let him have it, didn't I? I was just like, kind of like, they need that. Some of, some of them need that to feel like they're that important. And, but I walked away from going, there was only five people in that room. I'm one of those five and you weren't one of those five <laughs> and, and you were influenced by the decision of the people, the room. But Cody's right. I feel like you, you gotta tell him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta set him straight. I mean, well, I think, he, I they think he did. They done flex it. on you so bad. I, I can't he... believe it. Yeah. I've heard promoters talk to athletes like just awful. I mean, that. Well, because they think promoters... they're doing them a favor. Right, right. And you're not. Yeah. You gotta sell tickets, which um, yeah. I don't know if that's illegal. Uh, Ronnie Osteon came in here yeah. and said that's illegal in the state of Michigan, but it still is. promoters really. do that. Mm-hmm. To what? Uh, Make fighters sell tickets. Ron Lostian said that. Uh, so his son is uh, a boxer with Mayweather. Uh, he came in here and said, "There's a law that says you can't make fighters sell tickets for your your purse money." Correct. And he was adamant about it. And he just, but I've never been able to find it. I'll send it to you. Okay, send it to me. I will because that's all I, Michigan MMA yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it's illegal for them to hold your purse. Uh, as ransom, sort ransom, of. As ransom, like let's say you don't sell X amount of tickets right. to something to do the Ali Act. It's illegal. Yeah. You have to be paid your contracted amount, and it can't right, be no based on what. ticket sales or no, anything. Exactly. Because the promoter's job to promote the – wow, what an, what an idea. Maybe someone could start doing that. <laughs> promoter, job promoter like a promote show. Exactly. the show. And, then, and MMA <laughs> fighters, literally you're worth an MMA. I mean I know because I grew up – and it's it's hard. It's really hard in Michigan. And you have to have a fan base, and you have to sell tickets, or promoters just don't give two shits about you because they don't know how to promote. Right, they They're don't. Not well, they don't. Event. They don't promote. Right. You promote yourself as an athlete. You sell tickets. I mean, right? I used to sell a few thousand tickets in Grand Rapids. You know what I mean? Like, I, they didn't promote the show. I promoted the show on my social media, and by being an athlete and by knowing people in the community, and then you know, I, I got pretty wise to it pretty quick and realized that you know what I mean. Like, their show doesn't work unless. I show up and fight, right. and that's the thing. Fighters need to kind of co, like come together and, and look out for one that's another. That's what I've been saying, and say we're not going to do it. Yeah, right. and you know it has to happen at, at the 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 biggest levels, the biggest levels. You know, yeah. boxers there needs to mm-hmm. be uh, you know some kind of union. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, boxing's boxing's better now than it was, but you know MMA is what boxing MMA now is what boxing was twenty years ago. Right, you know, promoters making this much and fighters making this much. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it is. I mean, now in all fairness, it is the promoter's job to pay the fighter. I mean, that's the whole business form, right? I mean, the whole platform is right. the promoter makes the money right from the right. show, and then his job is. I mean, really, he wants to pay the fighters the least amount possible. So that's right. why you have your manager's job is to get you the most possible, and the promoter's job is to pay you the least amount. So I get that. I don't think they're jerks for that. I just think no. they don't promote the event. Well, Cody's like there. do your job, like promote the event. Right. Don't make right. people sell tickets. I would. I don't let at my a, fighters sell tickets on a small stage at 100%, all. Percent. It's horrible. But I'm fortunate. The UFC. You don't have to. You know what I mean. Like they oh, yeah. promote the show. Like, well, because they, they do promote everything it for you. Right. You know what I mean. Like it's. 
It, I mean, it's, it's the way it's supposed to work, you right? Know? And and I gotta say, the UFC treats you really, really well. But in the UFC, athlete. people fight people. Right. In boxing, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, right. locally, no yeah. one wants to fight anybody. Yeah, yeah, right. If exactly. I hear one more local fighter say, well, I don't want to fight any Detroit fighters, right. what? Co- that doesn't co- make any sense. No, Cody can't turn Who down cares? many people before the UFC wouldn't call him anymore, but boxers do it all the time. I don't want to fight this guy because he's not my style. But Cody was very successful at selling tickets. There was a one fighter, I don't want to name names on air, but I remember it was fight week, his biggest fight, right? And it could go either direction for him. And he was like, hey, all you guys that said you'd buy tickets for me, I'll meet you at 8 Mile. This is two days away from his biggest fight ever. And he goes, because I need to settle up tickets tomorrow before weigh-ins. And I'm like, it's your biggest fight of your career. This is going to go one way or another. And you're meeting people at a gas station to settle up with people who said they would buy tickets. I've I've been there. I've I've done it. I've chased people around. and. And, you know, I was fortunate enough towards the end of my, before I got in the UFC that I had people that kind of took care of it for me. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to worry about that and stress That's about the way it should be. It, yeah. But it's, it's, it's hard, you know, and I feel like as an athlete, um, you know, I would, I would teach anybody how to do, you know, what I did and, and, you know, to kind of move forward and, and be successful, you know, make money as a, as a fighter coming up, you know, um, I, I would, I would love to like have a workshop or something and tell fighters like, here's what you need to do. You need to build a brand. You need to market yourself. You need to make the right connections with the right people. Mm -hmm. I mean, really as much as you're like, as an athlete, like you got to think of your, like your fighting career as like a a small business that you're trying to grow. Exactly what it is. And nobody thinks about that. I mean, there's so many guys, they're just like, you know, oh, well, so-and-so said he's going to pay me 500 and 500 and like, I got my rent coming up this month. So I think I'm just going to take that fight. And it's like, Dude, like, like I always tell guys, I'm like, how much money is it? And they're like, oh, you know, it's five thousand bucks. I'm like, five thousand dollars will not change your life. I don't care what kind of situation you're in. Like, it won't change your life temporarily, maybe, but in the long run, that's 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 breadcrumbs. And you're talking about, you know, you see so many like promising athletes throw their careers away for a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, and it's like, yeah, well, they don't have damn. a plan. They exactly. just take this fight, and then, okay, then that right. fight's over. Then they go, okay, I'll wait for someone to offer me the next fight, right. mm-hmm. when they should just have a plan. Like, okay, after right. this fight, then I've got this set up, and then I've got that set up two months later. Well, we've talked about that even when, you know, Amy's no turning plan. pro. You know, like, well, I've had, you know, five amateur fights, and I've won this or that, and, well, I'm going to be pro next time. I can't wait till I'm pro. It's like, Why? Yeah, you, know? you think Floyd Mayweather would be mad if they would have took a little pension money away and that he got paid at 60? I bet you when you're making $50 million a year, if they would have took pension, like if if they took some money away from Floyd Mayweather, I'd be like, he'll be OK. But because they didn't take the money away from him, I'm not sure in 10 years if he'll have all his money. I'm not you sure. know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm not sure if Chris and that's what, be OK and in that's, three years. And that's what Cody's alluding to, better unions and better stuff for fighters, because let's be honest. I mean, I can't say if Floyd Mayweather Jr. is making all the smartest decisions with that much money, you know, buying a strip club right off the bat. Probably not what I would do, all that stuff. Uh, it would be nice to see, like, a, a, a pension plan for pro boxers in which you reach a certain level in which they siphon some off knowing that, hey, but you're going to have some bad Don't you also days. think it's like the fighter's manager's – the manager's job to kind of – Absolutely. Hire a financial advisor. I do. But, but at the same time, if they're a how good many, manager. How many, yeah, exactly. How yeah. many good managers out, are out there actually looking for the best interest of their fighters besides them putting more money into their pockets? Right. Because Mike Tyson would say Don King at the time was the biggest he could get, and then Don King robbed him blind, mm-hmm. you know, and was paying him, tw- uh, charge him $20,000 a week for towels, he said. 
Right. Yeah, just that, yeah, yeah, he was charging him twenty thousand yeah. dollars a week for yeah. towels. Plus, considering the fighters, you know, the ones that get hurt early in their career. I, I bet you, you know? every fighter would put into a pension. Cody, Jess, would you put into a pension if you knew later on there was a kickback to help? Oh yeah, for sure. For injury, for sure. Well, she's a you know she goes U of M. She's smart. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I think fighters would do that though because like you know you're no you're maybe an injury. No, think, you don't think so. I don't so? think the average no. fighter would. No, they wouldn't. No, no. The I'm problem sure is, wouldn't. I think there's just well, we know well, it's there's like a huge disconnect, paycheck. right, between the fighters and their team and the business end of boxing. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a huge disconnect. So if you're fortunate enough to be part of a team where you have people around you that have managed their own finances, even for a house before or their own home, you know, household stuff, right? Right. And people that have done things, run businesses, things like that. But how often do you see that happen? You don't. It's people that just – they just don't – they don't know. In any aspect of life, though, you got to put the right people in your corner. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's not even just like a fighting thing. It's just like a success thing. You know, you want to be successful, you need people that, you know, specialize in different aspects. You need to learn from them and you need to like consult with them. I think that's just something – you need to do to be successful in anything you do, really. I mean, right. any kind of like well, that starts uh, entrepreneur. It really you starts that. when you're young. I mean, I learning how to to attract the right ki- kind of friends right. and hang out with the right kind of people. Right. And let's be honest, like fighters, you know, normally aren't like the, you know, they're not the sharpest crayons <laughs> in the box. Like, like literally, like a lot of like, troubled, troubled kids. You know, well, that, she, she that makes turn fun. to fighting to like. You know, as oh, like yeah. a stress relief. I mean, mm-hmm. oh. well, she okay. made fun of me. Uh, walk past Donnie Wahlberger or Mark Wahlberg, and I go straight to the person that actually owns Wahlburgers and talks to him when you no one's bothered. Oh, but that's what I do. You know, what what saying? I know that's you, and right? I'm, you know, you do need Google. mentors, and it's just like when everybody's <laughs> messing with the. You know, the Wahlberg's over there. I'm going to go find the guy that, you know, makes some decisions. He's like, that's the guy I want to talk to. Right. I, as soon as he walked in, I was like, that's the guy I want to talk to. The other guy. I would say are... the guy, the person above the power line. Right. It's like, that's right. that's the one I want to talk to. And, and Cody says, surround yourself with people that know, you know, the, the old adage is, are you going to follow the person across the battlefield where the the footsteps stop halfway? Or are you going to follow the, the ones that go all the way? The cool well, thing it depends about, on why it stopped halfway. Yeah, did, did he fly away? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is there a crater? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm very excited about our guests here on uh, really quickly on August 28th. Uh, do you remember Andy Dirks, the Detroit Tiger? He's on. He's uh, now a mental coach. Uh, he's a business owner at Get Your Game Right. Okay. Yeah, he teaches. Uh, uh, he also does a podcast too, entrepreneur uh, mental coach, um, but was a professional baseball player. For a while, made his way through the ranks, and he's a, a mental coach. And we we talked briefly over Facebook about like how how he could apply it to boxers and stuff. So August twenty eighth, Andy Dirks is going to be 28th. a guest right. over the phone, and I'm excited about that cool, one. And yeah, maybe we can ask him about some of these. Write things. that down, Jimmy, so you know. Oh, <laughs> snap. Put it in the Facebook chat. Well, I was going to say, all you got to do is just put it in the calendar. So I'm going to go around the room. Claire, where can people get a hold of you on uh, social media if they want to know more about Claire Burke and what you're doing in boxing? Oh, okay. Well, I have a, the ABF uh, website, which is abfboxing.com. I've got um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right. How about you, Jess, <laughs> if they want to follow you? Um, so I'm on Facebook as well and then Instagram at Majestic B with uh, two S's in Majestic. 
So. All right. <laughs> and Coach, uh, you're at Jab's Gym, right? Yes, Correct. I'm at Jab's and, gym. and then uh, you got a social media page. And then uh, yeah. what what are your rates and hours, and what kind of training do you offer? What uh, about white collar boxing? You do that too? A lot of people come in. Uh, yeah, we do. We, yeah, we get a lot of white collar boxers. Um, I'm. Uh, you can find me at Jab's Gym Birmingham website. You can find me on my Facebook as uh, Akio Miller or Instagram, which I normally look at more as Coach Akio Coach underscore Akio underscore Miller. A-K-I-O for those who like how you spell his name. <laughs> awesome. And then Cody's got his big fight September 8th. Uh, Cody, where can everyone follow you on Instagram again? Uh, see, I don't even know. Just Cody's team. There we go. C-O-D-Y. Our show. M-A-N-N. Yeah. And our show. Right. Well, we want to thank our guests for coming in here and breaking in the new studio. This is our first time here. It actually feels like home now. I love it. That's a little claustrophobic. Yeah, it is very cozy. Uh, I mean, I'm freezing, but co- right. cozy. cozy. The air conditioning is no joke in this. Place. Yeah, right. it works it very does well. Work. Does work. <laughs> you walk out, you walk out that I'm door. It's hot and humid. You walk in here, and it's like it's freezing. Nice. Well, I yeah. Always bring a hoodie wherever I go. Yeah, you do. Smart. Awesome. Smart. Yeah. Well, we're gonna wrap it up. We will be back next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel, same new location, and uh, everybody <laughs> take care, and we'll be back. You're listening to the Undercard Hand Combat Radio.